0: The best instructors for, the, for for real technique that works are basically people that have, that have been involved in roles of dealing with violence and confrontation.
1: Kia welcome to the Invisible Sensei podcast. This is a podcast about my experiences as a martial artist, as a student, as a teacher, as someone who from time to time has stubbed their toes on the problems of the world and kind of gone, what am I doing this for? please take time to check out the link in the description it will take you to our YouTube channel and also to our profiles on social media which you're most welcome to check out and contact us on we also have a wonderful merch shop where you can grab cups and a couple of other things if you're wanting to support the podcast or if you're wanting to support it more directly we have a link that you can do that also either way enjoy the podcast thanks so much for tuning in and keep training, keep smiling, keep enjoying, and most importantly, keep developing. But those people often
0: don't have the best character. So when you want to learn about character building and, and sort of being a good person in society, that tends to come from people who have, who have done a, a very good job of avoiding violent confrontation throughout their lives. Yeah. So both people, both types have studied martial arts for a long time, but you tend to get, you know, the types that are very good at avoiding violent confrontation and those who frankly have, in some way, have gone to seek it out in order to test themselves or in order to, you know, to to, to be involved in violence, right? And they're two very different animals. Mm. And very rarely do you meet someone that does both, yeah? But well, that's why it comes back to the point I made earlier about, you know, for every every person that you look to as a sensei, someone that's ahead of you in the path, you need to understand that you're going to get some things from them and they're going to, in some ways, they're not going to give you everything that you, you think you want, right? So.
1: Something which came to mind while you were speaking about that was the Chris Wilson's, I believe, interview with sensei Doug Perry. Yeah, who's yeah. Um, a wonderful practitioner, and and he talked a lot. He reflected on as a military man who has seen action, as is his, um, as as his son, uh, yeah. Colonel Perry, yeah, there on the island as we speak. Um, he said the juxtaposition is that he, whilst he loves combat, he hates war, yeah. and it seems to some people, I suppose, that would seem sort of. A weird kind of a, a concept and if you do get an opportunity to check that out by the way um do go and look at uh sensei doug perry's and i've revisited it
0: yeah that's a wonderful interview we um, were, we were so, so lucky to get that time with him
1: oh no he's fantastic it was re- honestly one of those things where i was just going i i listen to it quite a bit um as i train um some some fantastic stuff just to not necessarily a plug, but certainly a moment of appreciation for all the work that you and Chris have done on that it has been fantastic. Um, do you think given where karate is kind of, you know, this whole appellation that people put in front of the karate, combat karate or street karate, to me, I guess it seems like there's this focus on the violence and this the street application and if you're listening to this i'm holding my fingers up and doing quotations street Mm. application um that that sort of seems to you know there's an idea that karate can't be practical and also that karate is really just about fighting um and you have spoken quite a bit about that with that in mind how do you apply karate in your own life uh, how do you use it? And I'm not talking about in the dojo, and I'm not talking about in combat. How do you apply that to just, I guess, your everyday?
0: Yeah. Well, the everyday benefit of karate for me is is sort of mental fortitude, um, the ability to maintain a positive attitude. Uh, because karate training, physical training, um, it's it's a, a habit. Uh, and it's a, an activity which helps you to kind of put other things in context. So you know, it's a good workout. It, it's going to get you know good chemicals flowing through your body. That's going to help you to feel feel good. But also, you know, the men with the traditional karate, the sort of the um, the mental training that you do, um, the sort of visualization that you do, I think helps you to put other worries in context um, that's certainly how i found it anyway and how i continue to find it um, and it gives you a sense of uh purpose and a sense of focus as well you know it gives, you, gives you sort of a stability in your life um, and something that you can own and develop something you can feel a sense of satisfaction about and a, 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 and a sense of, of progress on so for all those reasons it helps to develop um, your sense of character and and sort of give you a feeling of having a centre. So even when other 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 parts of your life are difficult, it's something you can come back to, and it gives you sort of an anchor. Uh, it gives you a sense of something you can work on, you can put effort into, and you can gain reward from. And then also that you that you know often when we, you know we're training with other people, and you get that sense of you know working with like like-minded people. Um, so you get the reassurance of you know that this is a worthwhile thing and other people are interested in it too so for all those reasons um it's it's beneficial um i mean where i am now my situation i'm highly unlikely to actually have to violently defend myself (laughs) on a daily basis but you know you always you always maintain the possibility that that might happen, right? Um, I'm lucky, like I said earlier on. As you move through life, hopefully, the thing you figure out is the most important is that you engineer the situation around you um, to to de-risk it and make your life um, happier. Um, if you if you haven't managed to do that. I would say you're either completely failing in your understanding of martial arts practice, um, or you are just that kind of person that's actively seeking out conflict. Uh, and either way, you can sort of see that as a failure. Um, but um, I guess the other thing with karate practice as you as you progress along the path is that you are gonna end up with people who are kind of behind you on the path as well. So. It's sort of difficult as you progress along not to become somebody's sensei um so even if you don't open a dojo and you know st- and, and, and want to stand up in front of people as a teacher you know the sensei is the idea that you've just you're just further along the path than other people um and that's inevitable um so you then have the opportunity sometimes almost the obligation in some ways to pass on your experience to those who are junior to you in following a similar path. Um, so those are all, I think, and that's also good for you, right? You know, they say that when you teach, uh, uh, you learn again, and that's definitely true. Um, but also I think, again, it's it's good for you. It gives you a sense of um, purpose, a sense of achievement, a sense of satisfaction. Uh, and all those things are are positive for us. Uh, so yeah, I, I think those are those are the sort of the the, the benefits that I derive from martial arts practice. Now,
1: mm. um, there's some wonderful there's some people out there who are really utilising karate as a as a tool for well being, which is the you know which is not the polite way, but it's become I guess the more the more commonly used term that takes in mental physical and even spiritual health i guess um Mm. so people you know with uh issues of depression and anxiety it's big i know there's a lot of people using it in that realm as well to fight a different kind of fight i guess Um, yeah yeah what I want to do is if I can, I'm just want to switch gears just a little bit and, and talk about a little bit about, I guess, the the physical side of your karate and the fact that you do fight every day. If you haven't done at least three death fights, you're like, it hasn't been a day, you know. Um, so I want to touch on a couple of things if I can. One, um, I saw this really wonderful, I watched um, Amazon Prime, uh, a couple, uh, I guess last week. And you were featured prominently as a karate practitioner on a wonderful series then, um, which names which name the name of which actually escapes me, and I'll look that up and put that in the, in the liners. Um, but you talked a lot about and reflected a lot while you were being interviewed on. Karate being something in the style of karate that you're doing, and of course you're training with um, Marakake Toshimitsu sensei, who obviously hold in high regard. And I was really intrigued because um, as a Gojuru practitioner, um, you know, we do a kote uh, kitai and all those sort of things and, you know, sanch and slapping the hell out of each other. I have my thoughts on that, which we'll share offline. Um, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yay! Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, it was intriguing when you talked about, you know, as part of our training and the style that you do, that it's really about finding ways to move efficiently and well and not to brutalize our bodies so that we can't live healthy lives. Can you kind of, I'm completely paraphrasing and getting it wrong. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit?
0: Yeah, well, you know. If we think about it and we and this is again this is the sort of thing that we say in karate but sometimes then don't actually follow through it on the same principle is that you know we pursue karate for for self-protection yeah um but the reality is it's not just self-defense it's also health defense so you know if hold you on, hold, on, hold on
1: hold on hold on trademark trademark, <laughs> yeah. That's how to load your trademark.
0: I'm not going to claim that I I've come up with that originally. But recently, I've been thinking a lot about about that as a useful way to think about, you know, what are your objectives? And what is your understanding of of your martial arts practice, right? But for everybody, for everybody, there's elements of both. Now, I think, um, you know, at some point, self defence may be the for you the main the main thing, but you're going to realise at some point that if you neglect your health, that's actually going to chop the legs out from under anything. Yeah. If you don't look after yourself, you can't defend yourself. Um, Flip side is if you lose all focus on on self defense within your martial arts practice, then, again, it becomes very unbalanced. and, And again, you go can go end up in a territory where you lose authenticity, or you lose sort of the, the the core of it, which is that it is a, a martial art, which is based on protecting yourself during during violent conflict. So you've got, you know, you need those both elements, right? Self defense and, and health defense. And um, I, um, I I think that you um, in Okinawa um, So you, how did Okinawa end up with such a such a rich karate and Kobudo tradition? You have to ask yourself that right because today it's a very very peaceful place um and peaceful places don't generate martial arts they don't need to right but um how do you get to a peaceful society i think matt perhaps you have to go through a similar process that an individual has to go through which is you have to go through that violent chaotic risky risk-taking phase which is also extremely creative in order to then get to the point where um you can then progress to building a more balanced peaceful existence um and in a way you could look at like the history of okinawa almost as a way that perhaps we develop as 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 people too which is that you know it, it used to be a very uh kind of open international chaotic violent Crossroads where, you know, these skills were very much required um, in order to protect people's lives and to protect um, the, the the industry of the place, um, and that that is what has you know has has generated this 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 tradition which we get to inherit, which we get to benefit from, which is the distillation of that, the skills which were passed down into a more peaceful society. Um, So, so the balance changed, you know, from, you know, primarily self-defense to now the balance is, if we're honest in Okinawa, the balance now primarily is on health defense. Um, And that's in line with the development of society here, which is, um, you know, people live in a safer place, they live longer and they live better lives. Um, So that's, now, within that context, you can obviously find a spectrum. You can find people that uh, are really hardcore, focused just on self-defense, very training, very hard, um, fighting regularly, both in in competitive contexts and otherwise, that sort of thing. You can find those people, of course, and they and they have a role. Um, But, you know, Okinawa is not a violent society today. It's it's one of the most peaceful places you can visit in the world, I'm pretty sure. Uh, So, of course, then martial arts is going to evolve in the context of that society.
1: Mm. Mm. Excellent points. That is some real food for thought, too, because, I mean, as you said, why if a place is so peaceful why would it have need of martial arts and yet one of the things which is so incredible about okinawa and and japan in in general is that the a lot of the traditions martial arts or otherwise are so intact are so Mm. viable and and, and, um, i guess when i think about okinawa you know it's important to remember that you know it wasn't that long ago that was involved in a major it was a, a major world war yep. uh, that it has had a history of conflict the people yep. have had to grow resilience um, that a lot of the countries probably couldn't imagine um, you know after i'm thinking of course after the second world war i mean the devastation and and the loss of life the tragic loss of life that occurred on okinawa yep. as much as i guess someone who is not from okinawa i guess i, I guess i Certainly have respect for, but I I couldn't even imagine it, um, you know, living comfortably in New Zealand. So you either grow calluses and become so hard that you become impenetrable, or you embrace life in a way that means that your citizens are going to live for a lot longer, a higher quality of life. I think it's a really inspiring thing to me about Okinawa. These people, you know, quite routinely live. To be over 100 years old, I mean, for uh, Polynesian people in New Zealand, especially amongst the males, we're very we considered elderly um, if we hit 60, if we hit 64. So we've got a bit of work to do. Um, I also think that being a Pacific island, too, warmer climbs uh, uh, do yeah. tend to uh, create warmer people. Dare I say it? Although we can yeah,
0: uh, no, there's, there's well. no no question of no. that. Well, <laughs> I mean, the, I think you know. Okinawa right now is in a in in many ways in a in a golden age right. So Okinawans today look back to the Ryukyu Kingdom as sort of the golden age of Okinawa right, the time when Okinawa emerged as its as its own country um, and for a time you know did did well because it was trading and it was learning from these these other cultures around it and um, and profited. Um, but as you say it also then had some really, really hard times. Uh, and the Second World War was, without question, the most devastating event in Okinawan history. An event which which is remains in living memory because there are people here, very much still alive and well, who, who literally experienced that as young people. So everything goes in cycles, right? History teaches us that. And I think that while without doubt, we are enjoying a golden age, right? And and in fact, around the world, right, we're enjoying a golden age, it's the the world is a more peaceful place now than it's ever been. Um, There are more people eating well, and, and with decent shelter um, in the world today than there's ever been, right? No question, we're going through an unprecedented period of of, um, growth and peace, even with you know, Corona and everything else dropping in. Um, You know, we're going through a a golden age, but history teaches us that, you know, things move in cycles. And I guess one of the things about martial arts practice is that it offers us some um, hope or some ability to sort of try to ready ourselves for maybe harder times ahead. We don't know, maybe they'll come, maybe they won't, right? Um, things are changing so fast and we're developing so fast as a, as a species that, you know, maybe, you know, the future is not going to be a, a replay of, of of history. But um, I think if we take nothing else from martial arts practice other than it's kind of a sense of purpose and a sense of, of strength of character, then um, then it's, that is still a very, very valuable thing to do, right?
1: it's strange when you when you when you look at it in the in the hard light of day right um (laughs) we get into canvas pajamas that don't tie up very well they were constantly adjusting we wear belts without buckles we (laughs) train in these weird looking dances we learn all these skills you know for i mean for want of a better word to to injure to incapacitate in the worst case scenario take life and yet we don't ever want to be able to use some of those things eh? when i watch a lot of documentaries on okinawa and, and senior martial artists in general not just on okinawa they talk about if you get through if you live a life where you've never had to utilize your skill you've actually understood the point and i think it is hard especially given the last olympics um where there was of course that you know infamous belt in which the gentleman who got knocked out was the mm. one who who won the gold medal now yeah. that's a whole nother that's a whole nother issue as as you well know but I yeah. think the thing which was difficult for me personally and I sort of took was a little bit of a difficult issue to swallow was that karate got onto an international stage and I think for for Joe public they didn't realize what, they didn't really realize what they were seeing and they didn't really realize the breadth of what karate actually is. So in some ways it was really, really cool, in other ways it was really, really difficult. I mean, you were on ground literal ground zero, um, with Okinawa winning, you know, a great number of um, meddling a great a great number of times in that. Um, whether or not Karate gets into the Olympics again, I think it was a fitting that so many Okinawans did so well. But um, mm. what, are your, yeah. what's it, what was your general impressions, man? And I know I'm not asking you to be contingency. I'm not. Ask, I'm not trying to put you in the hot seat. But <laughs> here we are. Here we are.
0: Well, I mean.